0: Rational discussion, common sense, open debate. RCR, Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. All right, this is Reality Check Radio. It's Thursday morning and I've been looking forward to this moment because I, I remember this voice. I remember this personality. I remember the incisive journalism, the incredible interviews. It seemed like for decades um, and you will know this voice instantly when you hear it. And, and you'll be thinking, where has he been all this time? And I'll give you a clue. He, he pointed out to us very early on, probably a couple of decades ago now, that the mainstream media were, in fact, brain dead. There's a clue. I'm talking about Lindsay Perigo, who joins us on Reality Check Radio, and this won't be the last you hear from him. Lindsay, so good to have you on And I can't wait to hear that beautiful voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got this voice. I hope it vaguely resembles the original one. It certainly does. Given how bad media have become since that time, that was 1993. I know when I said that TVNZ News was brain dead, had become brain dead. But given that it's so much worse now, people say, well, what would you call it now? Having bottomized brain dead then. And I say it's proof of death after death.
0: Okay. <laughs> the afterlife. <laughs> oh, dear. But, Which, but, I mean, that was 30 years ago. It's hard to believe that you were so, uh... well, no, it's not hard to believe because you were in it and you saw it, but you were so ahead. Um, back then. And, and, you know, in your analysis,
1: let's call it that. I can't say that it did any good, Paul, because things have got worse, much, much worse. And we had a few years after that, actually, we had a professor of linguistics, uh, linguistics of Auckland University, who said "In uh, TVNZ presenters should no longer seek to emulate BBC announces, which they never did, by the way. No. And instead repair to the colloquium sound the way ordinary Kiwis on the street sound. And I thought, uh oh, this is really, really bad. And so it has proved to be, and I literally for years have not been able to tune in to TVNZ News or TV3 News because the voices, the quality of the speech. The idiotic cadences and inflections, the mangled vowels and indistinct consonants, it's all insufferable to me. And if you ask me who's on which news program now, I couldn't tell you because I do not watch. I cannot watch.
0: Yeah, and more and more people... um, uh... In that sort of category now, that can't watch. I know many of our listeners uh, all the time. They're emailing and they're saying that they've just completely disconnected from mainstream media, and not just now. You know, years ago. So uh, I'm so glad we're here to to. Well, it's a vacuum, really, isn't it? There's a va- there has been a vacuum.
1: Yes, and I'm very glad. I think you're doing a fantastic job of filling that vacuum it's just wonderful to tune in in the mornings and hear your mellifluous tones quite apart from the common sense that you're speaking it's wonderful i congratulate you and the whole team
0: well like you lindsay i had the benefit of the rnz announcer
1: training yes system you know yes my goodness it was difficult to get through in those days they told me when i auditioned that they accepted Two out of a hundred auditions wow. they, yeah. in other words, rejected ninety eight out of a hundred, so I didn't really hold out much hope but
0: that all get jobs easily now the rejected one, the rejected well, there ones. are no
1: standards they're, 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 nothing is required. To qualify one to go on air and it used to be one of those jobs like uh, say an air hostess it was glamorous and you accepted without resentment that in some respects these people were a cut above everyone else that's why they were in those jobs Mm. in the case of tv announcers radio announcers they spoke better and we accepted that as a good thing but now it seems they want everyone to sound as bad as he or she possibly can. I always thought it
0: sounded like there were adults in the room. Yes, it is yes, quite so. Uh, who are some of, okay, while we're talking about this, uh, who are some of those voices that that you remember from those days that, I mean, I remember Hewitt Humphrey and Murray Forgey and, Um, you know, Peter Fry, and I mean, it goes on. But who are some of the standouts for you that you remember, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Well, all of those people, they were absolute on-air giants. I could add to those names, the names Bill Toft, Stevenson, Philip Sherry. They were the big three of the NZBC television news, which used to be at 7 o'clock. That's right. <laughs> Great theme. i am got to dig that out. I'm going to dig that out. Ritual, yes, yes. And they those three were rostered on permanently, and they would just rotate. I think they did week about. But they were absolutely authoritative, definitive practitioners of their art and craft. And I held them in utter awe, and it was a huge honor for me in, let me just look at the thing I still display it, Bill Toft Memorial Trophy, 1980 Broadcaster of the Year, they awarded that to me, and I couldn't have been more chuffed, uh, because Bill Toft was at the absolute peak, I thought, of his profession. He had died, I think I was the first recipient of that. He had died not long before. He had quite a long battle with cancer. And when he passed, uh, his family, his wife, his widow, and several of the NZBC executives decided that they would uh, um, continue his memory by making this award annually. And uh, yes, I think I was the first recipient and I was very, very proud of that.
0: That's a a thing. And I'm thinking also, uh, thinking back to those days, Lindsay, that they probably wouldn't have tolerated any nonsense in the reporting either,
1: right? Absolutely down the middle. And the one thing that was impressed on us In those days, actually, there was uh, a distinction between reporters and announcers. Reporters could only get on air if they passed the announcers standards, or not necessarily those standards, but approximations there too. You had to get the approval of one Ken Green. I remember Ken. We knew as God, (laughs) he sat (laughs) up there on the 18th floor of Aurora House, puffing on his pipe, adjudicating on who would be let on air and who wouldn't. Uh, But the reporters had to be up to snuff as well. But the other thing that was impressed on all of us was that you leave your own point of view outside the studio door. No one should be able to guess from anything you say on air what your own views are, how different things are now when their opinions are substituted for reportage and ran down our bloody throats. (laughs) Well
0: put. I I remember you probably got similar memories being in newsrooms where, you know, some journalists really got a dressing down from the seniors for getting it wrong. You know, um, they got reamed, actually, uh, a oh, few yeah. occasions that I, I remember. Yeah. So there, there was that
1: incredible policing of standards that went on. Yes, yes. Whereas now there is an agenda, and I'll be, I'll be talking about that in my talk. Um, but that is the opposite. That's not journalism. That is propaganda. And as I say, that's a line that you might hear in the words I'm about to utter.
0: Well, um, let's not muck around. Let's get straight into it. What are people going to hear from Lindsay Perigo? Here's your first taste, and it won't be the last. So, Lindsay, the airwaves
1: are yours. Oh, thank you, Paul. And again, congratulations on what you've achieved so far. Easter is upon us. And I'm glad. I'm not a Christian. I'm an atheist. But I'm still glad Easter continues to be celebrated, given the palpable desire of sundry totalitarians to close Christianity down, and the palpable desire of its own clergy to alter it beyond recognition. Easter celebrations reassure us the totalitarians and revisionist clergy have not yet succeeded completely in implementing their diabolical agenda now as an atheist i believe fervently in the values of this most excellent and sorely needed new <clears throat> platform reality check radio reason reality open debate for freedom of expression. As an atheist, I find it unreasonable and unrealistic that one innocent man should be sacrificed for all the rest of humanity. I find guilt by genetics unreasonable and unrealistic. The idea that we involuntarily inherited the sin of Adam of which sin I thoroughly approve, by the way. By choice, not inheritance. I find it unreasonable and unrealistic, not to mention cosmically monstrous, that trillions of people who don't accept this bizarre narrative will be condemned to hideous, unending torture in an afterlife. It's utterly incomprehensible to me that a loving God, knowing that this would be the outcome, would proceed with the exercise at all in the first place. Furthermore, as a gay atheist, I'm not enthusiastic about a religion, any religion, that says he who lies with a man, as with a woman, is an abomination who shall surely be put to death. So, I don't believe the Easter story, but in the spirit of, I disagree with what you say, but defend to the death your right to say it, I'm glad that those who do believe it are still free to say so. More than that, in awesome wonder, I contemplate Christianity's magnificent cathedrals its glorious music, its captivating liturgies, the Latin mass now all but forbidden, its superhuman paintings and sculptures, illustrations of what man can achieve when driven by what atheist Ayn Rand called the total passion for the total height. Oh, and I certainly would like to have taken Jesus out on a date. The fact is, it's hard to argue that the new religion, the religion of woke, that has both hijacked and corroded Christianity, is an improvement. Its adherents call anyone who dissents from their theology a fascist without having a clue. What the word means. Actually, they are the true fascists of our time, as the Lynch mob at Albert Park eloquently attested. As the rioting, looting, burning, and killing by Soros funded, state sanctioned, only Black Lives Matter and Antifa make that profile. Equally, a test. They are the brown shirts, black shirts, and red guards of our day. The crazed, mindless witch burners and book burners of 2023. Theirs is our contemporary inquisition. Instead of burning heretics at the stake, though they would if they could, woke fascists Bay for their blood on social media, and dox, cancel, and destroy them. Adults attuned to reality and reason might well laugh at the idea, touted in Christianity and other religions, that female virgins can have babies. But then it's an article of faith in the religion of woke that men can have babies equally absurd and woe betide a few dissent it's got to the point where supreme court justices and new zealand prime ministers refuse to define woman woke fascists fabricate scores of different genders each with its own preposterous pronouns repair to reality and its pesky chromosomes and body parts with unassailably distinct structures and functions, and the woke fascists will crucify you. They won't argue with you, since to argue is to debate, and to debate is a fascist, white supremacist, misogynist, transphobic, homophobic microaggression from which hysterical snowflakes require protection in safe spaces. Little do they comprehend that in a free society of grown-ups, there's no such thing as a right not to be offended. I'm old enough to remember when I and hundreds of thousands of other New Zealanders were, in effect, illegal on account of our sexuality, should we express it. When homosexuality became legal, some prescient wag joked that he was getting out of the country before it was made compulsory. But was it really a joke? The wonderful libertarian precepts and concepts of each to his own. Mind your own business. Live and let live. Consenting adults in private. The state has no place in the bedrooms of our nation. I don't care what they do as long as they don't frighten the horses. These are now honored more in the breach than in the observance. LGBTQ might now easily stand for loutish, ghoulish, Bolshevik, totalitarian quizzlings, traitors to the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that the movement once tacitly invoked. The small minority of murderous thugs who have hijacked LGBTQ are intent on imposing their religion, their sexuality, their 157 genders on everyone else. Fascism, for the benefit of the woke fascists who don't know the meaning of the word, is the belief in the total supremacy of the state in collusion with big business over the individual who must sacrifice himself to the state at the whim of the state. No dissent from state-approved dogma is allowed. Conformity is enforced by thought police, snitches, tenured professors, propagandists masquerading as journalists, inescapable surveillance Big Sister is watching. A pandemic of lying, mass hysteria, and mob violence. It's Orwell's 1984 come to life. The disgusting, coercive collusion among politicians, so-called journalists, academia, Pfizer, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter— in the mandating of lockdowns, masks, and the jabbing of citizens with a non-vaccine that is neither safe nor effective against the Wuhan virus unleashed by the Chinese Communist Party. This collusion, I say, is an egregious contemporary example of fascism in action. Safe and effective? That's one of the biggest big lies ever of which Nazi propaganda minister Goebbels would be proud. That's fascism. Don't talk to your neighbors. Dob them in if they're outside when they shouldn't be. That's fascism. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. That's fascism. Fascism specializes in scapegoats. In Hitler's case, it was the Jews. In the case of current woke fascist regimes all over the world, including New Zealand's uni party state, it's the unvaccinated. Second class citizens with no rights. Yup. Yup. That's fascism. The world's greatest tennis player, Novak's Djokovic, still not allowed into Beijing Biden's America, that's fascism. If worshippers in the Church of Woke want to see real fascists, they need only look in the mirror and at the tyrants whose lick they are. Be thankful then, this Easter, that some semblance of freedom of speech and worship still remains. If you believe in prayer, say a prayer for liberty. Withhold your support from any political party currently in Parliament. They're all in on it. They're all enemies of our Bill of Rights, which includes the right to speak and associate freely, the right to refuse medical treatment, the right not to be experimented upon. Remember how not one of them deigned to speak to the heroic freedom convoy in Parliament grounds? Remember how they turned on the hoses and turned up the head banging? Banish these Mengelian Marxists. Actively and urgently construct an alternative. On such alternatives all over the Western world, the very future of Western civilization depends. In closing, I repair to an embodiment of the transcendent glories of Western music, of the kind woke fascists wish to shove down the memory hole, the Easter hymn from Cavalleria Rusticana by dead white male Pietro Mascagni. Happy Easter. Oh, and Mimo to Chris Hipkins, this is a woman. CR with Paul
0: Brennan, Reality Check Radio.